Naked Under Our Clothes, Episode 7. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I am your host, Roxanne, and this podcast talks about vulnerability and the ways that we can build community around vulnerability. For those of you who have been with me from the beginning, thank you so much. For those of you who are just tuning in for this episode, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to our supporters um, in the ways that you've supported this podcast, whether that be listening to it or sharing it with friends or providing feedback in one way or another. I am forever indebted to you for that support. So episode seven is going to be talking about friends and the community that we have around us and the the friends we keep. And, you know, I think a lot about this topic because I'm one, so appreciative of the people that I surround myself with. I'm so, so appreciative of the ways that they've been supportive to me, whether that be um, providing me with direct feedback about something that I come to them with, or whether that be them coming to my house to help me out with something, or whether that be me um, needing a recommendation for something and someone comes through. You know, I think a lot and I reflect a lot about my friend group, my community, and I think about, you know, how much I'm so appreciative of who I have around me now and also always think about who I wish I had around me, um, whether that be acquaintances that acquaintances that I wish I have built a deeper connection with or people that I've once had in my life that are no longer in my life. But I understand that people are in my life for a reason. And then there's the judgment that comes with your friend group. And I'm not talking about the judgment that comes with you sharing a situation and your friend providing feedback that might be perceived as judgmental. But I'm talking more about this idea of other people judging you for the friends you keep. Other people judging you for the friends you keep. When I think about this uh, this topic, I think about serial killers. And I'm not saying that I know that any of my friends are serial killers. But I, I do think about this. And I, you know, some of you who know me very closely know that I'm very deeply connected to crime documentaries. And I'm so engulfed by the topic. And I love... Um, watching and reading and listening to um, various platforms where a a discussion is is formed or had about a particular person who's perceived by society as a serial killer and i think about the people that are around that serial killer and i'm thankful because a lot of the time in those in those um, platforms um the the directors or the uh, creators of uh, the documentary, let's say, really try to include um, information, collateral information from people who knew that person. And it's always interesting to me to see how they respond to some of the questions or just talk a little bit about their relationship with that person and that a lot of them, you know, did not ever see it coming or saw a couple of clues, but never really amounted it to anything. And the, the, the pressure that comes with being vulnerable in the context of sharing your experience about a person who is perceived by larger society as a, a bad person, quote unquote. And I think about that and I, I think about the 
pressure that some of these people are under because I imagine that after you know, um, engaging in a documentary or a podcast or, you know, writing a, a blip in a, in a book or an article that people who know that person that knew the serial killer are probably getting a lot of heat. Like, how did you not know that this person was a serial killer? How did you not know that this person was, you know, in, innately bad or that how could you not see the signs you know and I think about that and you know I zoom out so zoom because <laughs> because serial killers that's a really specific uh group of people but zooming out and thinking about that in the context of my own life and thinking about the people that I have in my life and the situations that they're going through and sometimes I take it upon myself um to, you know, depending on whatever that person's going through and whether or not it's, uh, I've been in, I've been given the okay to, you know, share it or they haven't made a clear statement that it's not to be shared, though I don't go around sharing people's information. Um, sometimes I seek the support or the advice of others, um, others in my community. And, you know, I never give names or, um, too much context for whatever situation it is but i i do sometimes for you know seek feedback and in that i want to know how to be a better friend to that person and sometimes in the process of me you know eliciting feedback from other friends i get this weird response like really roxanne really this is a person you want to surround yourself with or really roxanne really you didn't see this coming and even though it's not my own situation, even though it's not mine to internalize, I do internalize some of that feedback in that, you know, I did make a choice to have this person in my life and I, I made a, a conscious choice to do that in most cases. And here I am talking to another person or professional rather, and I'm getting this very obvious disapproval from that person that I'm seeking feedback from. And it makes me uncomfortable. I'm curious how many of you feel uncomfortable in these situations. You know, our friends make mistakes, just like we make mistakes. They have flaws, just like we have flaws. So why is it that so many of us feel inclined to ask why we keep a person in our lives? Why is it that some of us feel so inclined to ask the question why we surround ourselves with people who make bad choices, who are just as flawed as we are? What gives people the right to judge another person based off something that they might do given the right set of circumstances? or the wrong set of circumstances. Think about that. Think about your friend group. Think about the people you surround yourself with. Think about your community. Think about some of the shit that is going down currently. I'm sure shit is going down. Think about their flaws and then if you've had this experience of sharing feedback or, you know, listening feedback from a, a peer or a, 
a professional and you may have received a negative response, sit with that response for a second. What is it? What is it? What comes up for you? How are we to judge the actions of others? And when is it okay to call an action good versus not good? When is it okay to deem an action okay versus not okay? Who's driving that choice? Who's driving those categories? Society is my... I, I think that the, the, the reoccurring, reoccurring theme in all of these episodes is society is fucked, right? But I really want to highlight the ways that society is fucked and that I hope that people become more aware of the ways that society drives their decision making and push against that. So when I think about who categorizes uh, experiences or outcomes or, um, you know, uh, actions as good or bad, I think about society, right? It's pretty obvious that society has a hold on everyone and their perceptions of what is good and what is bad. And it's not to say that there might be some things that many people perceive as good or bad and that, you know, I don't think that, that that's a problem, right? But I do think that there's this larger issue of groupthink and that we automatically go to these places of categorizing actions or experiences as good or bad. And then somehow we feel inclined, some find, some, somehow we feel entitled to then, to then place that upon either the person who is engaging in that act or having that experience, or maybe the person who's coming to that person with feedback, wanting feedback. We then want to place or categorize people in good and in bad. I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm curious about this and I'm curious about this for a couple of reasons because I do think that, you know, I, or at least at least I could speak for, my, for myself when I say that I have seen the ways that other people's responses or reactions to something that I say or my own reactions to something that someone comes to me with really drives the next move, right? So if someone comes to me with some information that maybe I would perceive or consider as bad or society does and I'm under its, its nasty grip and I just automatically assume absolutely not, that, def that definitely translates in the way that I communicate with that person, right? So... I'm trying to think of an example that is really general. Um, cheating. <laughs> Some people might say that that's not general, but I'm going to argue that more people do it than we, than, than they want to admit, right? Um, and cheating 
in its in that that word in itself is so negative and it's the society's impression of what that word means that makes it so negative right it's the definition that we've attached to it right it's the the negative experience of others that we've attached to it and it's not to say that it doesn't hurt people because of course we know that when you go to bed or connect with another person or text or sext another person when you are in a committed relationship or in a relationship period it has the potential to do damage but you know i'm thinking about a couple of my friends and some people that i i still consider friends and some people who are no longer friends and I think about some of the times where this conversation has come up, this topic has come up, and people have shared these really vulnerable experiences of being in a situation where they're really deeply connected to another person. And it <clears throat> evolves into something that might be perceived by the larger group of people as inappropriate, but yet they still find themselves engaging. And I think about and I reflect about or on my own response in those moments. And <clears throat> when I was younger, I definitely had a pretty visceral automatic reaction to that. I automatically thought, wow, you're fucking serious. You're going to do this to this person that you're committed to. How dare you? How dare you put this person in this situation? And that was <clears throat> my automatic response. And I apologize, I'm clearing my throat because my throat hurts, I'm sick. So I'll also keep this episode brief, but back to the topic. I, I think about my responses and I think about the way that people responded to my own responses and that that was usually the last time I ever heard of it. That was usually the last time that I've ever heard from them. And it's not to say that we don't grow and we don't become more comfortable with uncomfortable situations or become more, you know, uh, um, mature in our approaches or responses to these things. But we can sometimes not help our visceral, automatic responses to things. Or can we? Can we? How do we? How do we reflect on who we are in the context of the community that we keep? In that, we are ensuring that people feel comfortable with us to share their deepest, most vulnerable experiences without judgment. And then I think about when is it actually okay judging the actions of others? Or when is it okay being judged by the actions of others? When is it okay that our friend groups and their choices and their decisions reflect positively on us? Again, I think about society. I think about the larger group of people who have grown accustomed to a certain way of doing things, a certain perception of how things are supposed to be. And I think about <clears throat> in those situations that if it, if it falls in line with what society perceives as good, then of, uh, then of course, 
we are okay with applying that to ourselves, right? We are okay sharing that information with a professional or a friend and then them reflecting positively on it. And then we internalize that positivity and say, yeah, yeah, it's okay for me to have this friend because look at all the awesome shit they're doing. Look at all the ways that they stuck up for me or stuck up for themselves or stuck up, stuck up for another person. Look at all the awesome things that this person does in their world. That's when it's okay for us to then adopt that energy, that narrative about that person. But on the flip side, when we share <clears throat> with a, a mutual friend or someone who only knows us and we say, hey, Johnny did this thing and it was really kind of fucked up or, you know, they came to me and they told me about this fa the fact that they have been thinking about, you know, going to bed with this one person, even though they're in this committed relationship. And the automatic negative response, and maybe you're okay with that, right? Maybe you're okay with that. And all you're looking for is, how do I support this person in making the decision that best suits them? That's what you're looking for. And you go to a person and you, say, you share that with them, and they give you that automatic visceral negative response. And now we're, we're defending ourselves like, look, Johnny's decisions aren't my decisions or John, where Johnny's coming from. I don't understand it. Or uh, Johnny's not really that close of a friend. We're so quick to defend ourselves in those situations. We're so, so quick to stick up for ourselves in those situations. And maybe this is not everybody's experience. Maybe this is just my experience. But I'm curious about how many of us find ourselves in these situations with others. Where when we share something positive that another person has done, we are so ready to consume that energy. Sometimes that will translate in our conversations with Johnny. Maybe we'll show, maybe we'll give the positive feedback, the positive energy that other people have received or that other people gave us and we'll, we'll give it to Johnny. Maybe, not always, maybe. Maybe we'll remain neutral. Who knows? Or in situations where it's negative, where the, the, the perception is you know, generally pretty negative, we don't want that, right? We don't want to internalize that. So maybe we give it all to Johnny. Maybe we're like, yeah, Johnny, what you're about to do is so fucked up for X, Y, and Z reasons. Some of these reasons I didn't even think about. Someone else thought about. Of course, we won't say that to Johnny. But we're so quick to, rather than take on and hold on to the burden of other people's responses, we're, we're so quick to give that energy to who deserves it or who was supposed to be the receiver of it or who we, we are trying to support. I don't know. I hope you guys get what I'm saying. And maybe this is just a completely stupid episode that means nothing to no one. But for those of you where this episode means something, I am curious about your thoughts 
around this. How did we not see that? How did you not see it? How did you not know that they were fucked up? How did you not know that they were bad? When I think about myself and I think about myself in the context of these situations, I find that I often reflect really deeply on the negative feedback versus the positive feedback. It's easier. That's what we're used to. We're used to being critical of other people, regardless of whether or not they're being vulnerable, regardless of whether or not they want it. We're so accustomed to being critical of others. And when someone gives us the green, the green light, when someone says, Roxanne, how are you in this relationship or friendship with this person knowing that they are bad or knowing that they're making bad decisions? It's so easy to be critical of ourselves in those moments as I am critical of myself. And I sit there and I'm thinking, God damn, how did I not see that? And then feed that negativity back into that other person versus positivity. When the, the, when it, the energy is positive and the, the, the feedback is positive, why is it so hard to give that feedback to someone? And I'm so appreciative of my friend group. And I know that I said this at the beginning. I'm so appreciative of my friend group and my community for the ways in which I don't see this show up often. I did when I was younger, but I don't any longer. And I know to attribute some of that to my own growth, my own transformation, my own maturity. And I am very, very susceptible to the energy and the feedback of other people. And I think part of what I have done, even as I'm thinking about it and reflecting about it now, part of what I've done is surround myself with people who provide neutral feedback, not weighing positively or negatively or knowing when to, to, to validate me and say, yeah, that's fucked up. Or, hey, you did a great job. Or that's great. I've learned to surround myself and I've, I've really curated my friend group so that I'm surrounding myself with people who know how to remain neutral. But I know that is not the case for everyone. And it's not always my goal to give specific advice about how to do that. Because I don't think my advice on how to do that is going to benefit everyone. So instead, I ask, how would you do that for yourself? How will you reflect on your friend group, your community, and surround yourself with people who are neutral? Is it that you look at your, your you reassess your friend group and you, you dive deeper into these relationships and provide direct feedback 
to your friends, to your family, to your supporters and say, hey, I'm noticing that actually I benefit from you being neutral. What, it, what is it going to take for them to then implement that feedback? What skills do they need? What information do they need? Or is it that you realize that you're too far deep in a certain, into a certain relationship that, or that relationship rather is so far gone that it's not worth saving in the context of surrounding yourself with people who remain neutral? Does that mean that you snip snap and wrap those bitches up, package them and put them to the side and say, you know what? Thank you for your service. You are no longer needed. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I'm curious for, for those of you who are in a situation where you are finding yourselves deeply embedded in situ, you know, friend groups or communities where you receive feedback that is not neutral. I'm curious about how you plan to navigate that so that you can surround yourself with people who aren't committed to the societal narrative of situations, experiences, expectations, norms, constructs. How do you find yourself surrounded by people who are able to hold both the quote, good and the bad. And not necessarily share their interpretation of your situation, unless of course asked, but rather can just reflect what you're saying and reflect the pros and the cons of a situation. I'm curious. I'm, I'm so curious. I'm always curious. I know I say that so much in my podcast episodes. And I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't true. You can send your feedback, your questions, comments, concerns to N like naked, U-O-C podcast at gmail.com. Again, naked and like naked, U-O-C podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time.